know that um, I come here prepared. Uh, you know, I, I, I know we all prepare ourselves. You know, s sometimes, sometimes we just prepare ourselves. You know, physically how we look and that we're clean and you know have fresh breath and and all of that stuff. But you know, I, I hope that that's not the only preparation that we do. I, I really, I really believe that we have to you know worship God in truth and in spirit, and and that's that's how we connect with Him. You know, I'm not saying that it's not important to to be clean and to smell well and everything, but but uh, you know, it, God is spirit, right? And, and and we we have to come here prepared. And I also I know that a lot of us come in also preparing, you know, something to give. Not, not I don't know, to God or how, how you look at it, but, you know, it's, I don't know, in, in the hardest moments in life, I, I, I think the best thing is to, you know, like, you see a lot of times when people are, you know, feeling down and, and losing hope and they're having a lot of troubles. And, and I, know, I know one person who says always goes, well, go try to find somebody to help, you know, try to find somebody else to help, try to give away, try to, try to put, pour into someone else. That that's that will bless you more than more than you think. You want to take, you want to receive, but but that giving actually blesses you more than anybody else. So, if you guys have ready your your offerings, then you know just you know just give it with faith, because otherwise it it doesn't make it doesn't make you know it doesn't make any sense for us to give. You know, giving money is is really going to do no good you know for for us or for god it's 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 not about you know money it's it's about giving something more than that it's about our hearts so we can collect our offerings and and also I want to say that after the service we're going to go straight into harvest prayer and you know, I, I, I like like it when it's like that, you know, it's it's prayer and more prayer. I don't know. I I think it's great and and if you are not excited about it, then then you know, get yourself excited because David commended his soul. He said, My soul praise the Lord, you know, he he you know, it's like we heard we heard uh, a great sermon about you know, our feelings, right? And I don't know I I I probably truly never feel like like worshiping, never feel, you know, it's like sometimes you have moments, but it's rarely based on, you know, on something true where you like, where you feel like you want to do God's will, you want to come and worship, you want to come and, and learn and pray. We, you know, we, you know, we make ourselves and even to stand up, even to pray, even to, to sing, it's all, we may make ourselves do that. But, but there's great treasure in that. So, I have I have the privilege and pleasure to to speak today, and I want us to close our eyes and pray real quick uh, for us to receive and for me to, to speak with God to say what God wants. God, we we come before you today, Lord, and and God, like I heard in, in a sermon today, it's it's really not we who are inviting you; you have invi invited us to your to something that you are doing, God, to your event. This is your event, God. This is your time here, and you have invited us. You have brought us here, Lord. So all we want is we, we just want to we just want to ask you to open up our hearts, Lord, to 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 speak through me, God, and to let us all hear what you have to tell us, Lord, because we know that you, 
God, you are endless. You are you are the source of, of of living water. You are the source of life. You have those words that will that will uplift us, that will encourage us, that will change us, that will correct us. The words that will give us life, Lord, and that's that's what we need from you today, God. Every one of us, God, from from the youngest to the oldest, God, from from those who think they from those who are feeling great right now who to those who feel down right now god it doesn't matter we know that you 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 can bring life into every single situation into every single person's life lord and father we just we just in faith and humility we accept from you right now already in the name of jesus we pray amen so i i um you know the name of the of the sermon is abide in jesus and started a long time ago when I started thinking about it, and, you know, I just put some thoughts together um, that I wanted us to talk about and think about, and and then and then pray. Uh, and kind of the first thing that I was thinking about is, and I wanted to talk about pride. Um, I want to, like, I know when it comes to that question, I, I can't remember if somebody was talking about pride recently, but it doesn't matter. I wanted to know, like, what do you guys see as pride? Like, pride is very broad, right? But can you just, like, you know, scream out the uh, the things that represent pride to you? Selfishness. You think you're better than others. Okay. Okay. What else? Looking down at people. What else? What? Depending on yourself. Self-dependence. Yeah. Being what? On top of everyone. Being what? Egotistical? That's like selfish? Okay. So, there is a lot of different... Roman, you want to give it a try? You've got this. That's that's right. That's right. Disobedience, yes. It's you know, it's it's a pride is a lot of things, I think, but a few things that that you know that I wanted to mention today is you know, it it pride makes us detestable to God. Uh, in Proverbs sixteen five, it says, "Everyone proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though they join forces, none will go unpunished." You know, you look you look at what's happening in, in you know in the world right now. It seems like people are trying to join forces against God to to push Him out of everywhere and to prove that that um, that He's wrong, that His standards are wrong, that that what what true church represents that that's wrong that that's you have to be more um loyal and tolerant and and you can do things differently and better uh but it says though they join forces none will go unpunished so you know even the biggest crowd comes comes against it's not going to work it says a proud heart everyone proud in heart is an abomination to the lord then in james 4 6 said god resists the proud right pride hinders us it, it's like it traps us you know every time you it's like you try to run you know your best you just take off and and you know somebody you know pulls a rope and you just flat face right and and it's just that's that's how i feel that's what pride does to us pride destroys us in 
Proverbs 16, 18, it says, Pride goes before destruction. And a haughty spirit before a fall. So it's, you know, it's, uh, we were watching a cartoon yesterday with kids um, where that rich man said, hey, look, you know, I, I have so much. I have, I have gathered so much, um, so much har- harvest, you know, that I can, you know, I just need to destroy my barns, build new ones, bigger ones. Um, you, you know, it's like I have so much money, I need to move it to a bigger, better bank. And, and once I do, then I can sit down, relax, and say, you know, my soul, just enjoy it all. You know, just, just give, you know, give some rest to yourself. You know, never have to work again because I have so much. And, and that same night, that person's life was taken away. Yeah, that's that's exactly that's that was like the the epic you know of, of pride. That was like the peak of where he could get you know to say that's it. You know, I I got it. I have everything for the rest of my life. I don't need to worry about a thing. And and he died that night. And, and she said, "Where is it gonna go? What, what is it gonna do?" Right? And you haven't lived or saved anything in this life, and you lost everything in in the in the eternal life. And and I, I was, you know, kind of. It's pride is like it's is the name of a lot of this, a lot of sins, right? We can, and there's a lot that we can name, but I've, I, I kind of feel like pride is, uh, you know, is like is what is what's opposite of of abiding in Christ. And the reason I say that is because, and when I read John fifteen four, it, it like. You kind of read through a verse, and you know that you just what you understand about it right now is just like a tip of an iceberg, and and you just you 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 know you probably will not get everything right now, even if you study. It's like you have to think about it day after day for for some time, and 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 it says, John fifteen four, abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides. In the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. You know, I was thinking, I was thinking, Jesus says there's no fruit that can that you can have if you don't abide in 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 in, uh, in him. And and he talks about a branch, right? We all know, like you take a branch away from a tree, it withers, it's dead. It it it's only good for you know starting a fire, maybe, right? And that that's all. Have you ever seen a branch bringing fruit? Like I, I don't. I mean, it's like how how is that possible? Doesn't have the source, doesn't have the nutri- nutrients, doesn't have that juice from the tree that that makes it possible, that makes it alive. And that's what Jesus says. He says you can't. You just can't. And I was like, I started, I started wondering, what does it exactly mean to abide in Jesus? What does it mean, and how do you even do it? You know, you know, and. and I said, you know, pride. I think that's that's one of the number. That's number one thing. And, and you know, as I said pr- there's a lot of forms of pride that that we don't even realize that that's what it is. But you know, it's um, you know, sometimes think about it. Wanting other things, like you know, wanting something in your life, you can be like, I'm just. I was just wondering. You know, I've done it myself. I you. I don't know, you guys probably did it too, but it's like, why would I know that I need to read read the Bible right now and I need to pray 
but I might rather, you know, you know, skip it and, and go do something else that has, you know, no benefit for me, right? It's like, why would I give that up? Why would I give up, you know, uh, sometimes I would give up, or you know, maybe not sometimes, but over and over and over, I would give up being in God's presence, give up prayer, or give up ministry, or give up something, and go work, you know. And, it's, and we, you know, we can justify things so well. I don't have to even, you know, um, teach you of that. But, but so often, you know, we start thinking of ourselves a lot, how, how we can do things. You start thinking, hey, I can do this. You know, I, if I try hard enough, I will do it. Or, you know, which is a popular one right now, like, you know, you want to live life your way, your own way. You, you have an idea of how, you're gonna, how you want to live your life, right? And sometimes you start thinking, I think all of us are like that. Uh, you know, I could, I could go, you know, I, I, I'm going to God, I'm going to do, um, you know, and very often Christians, like, involve God into, uh, you know, when they decide how they're going to live their lives themselves, you know, <laughs> they involve God into that, and they, uh, you know, kind of go into prayer, but in reality, they just speak into, you know, I don't, I don't think God hears them, and definitely hears them, but doesn't listen, probably, but it's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get um, this job, and then I'm gonna get a house like that, or an apartment like that, I'm gonna get married to um, such and such and such person, and do this, and that, and that, and you know, and it's like, God is like, okay, why, why are you telling me this? I don't need to know this, right? And, I mean, all of these things are a form of pride. And I, I know we don't like that word. We would never like hearing that about us. I, I never like to hear, you know, from God that I'm prideful or that I have something. But it's, in reality, it's, it's, it's a pretty small thing compared to what, you know, to what worse can happen to us if we don't deal with it. But, you know, I, as I said, I think... This is number one thing that, that hinders us. In John 15, 5, Jesus says, Without me, you can do nothing. You know, he leaves, um, like, really no room for our own ways. You know, he, there's just nothing. It's like, there's only one way. And, you know, he says, without me, you can do nothing. So, many, so, so often we start thinking, oh, we can do this, we can do that. It's, it happens naturally. As soon as you have a good prayer, you have a revelation from God, or you serve somebody, God uses you, almost always the next thing that happens is we start thinking, I can do this. You know, you go, you go and, um, you know, you go and preach to somebody, you evangelize, and it happens well, you know, three out of three people listen to you, and they pray the prayer of repentance, and you immediately think that number four is going to be exactly the same way. And, and that you can do it. And sometimes we start thinking that we don't even have to pray now because we kind of mastered, you know, God's, God's presence and God's anointing. But, but it is not so. You know, it's, um, I, 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 was, uh, I was reading an article today that said, you know, like how, how um, all religions and, and all, you know, all the movements right now, they're kind of trying to unite. And, and it's, you know, it, it gets to a point where, like I see somebody who who is a Muslim wearing a, a rainbow sign on them, you know, and it's like it's like those those don't go together, you know. They they don't accept one another usually. But now you can even see this, and and you listen to some what some um, I don't know. I mean, I I don't have the authority to say, but you know, in my opinion, like Christian leaders and quotes, 
what they start talking about other religions and how they start to like wash away the line of you know of what Christianity really is, and and you understand that maybe they're not reading you know some of the verses uh, in the Bible, and because you read John fourteen six, Jesus said to him, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." So. Immediately, there's like, there's no, absolutely no way, no kind deeds, no, no, um, no kindness, no doing good, no, no, uh, being a good person, or you know, living in peace, you know, finding your inner self. None of that will, 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 will do. You know, Jesus says, "I am the way, the way." He didn't say, "I am a way." He he says, "I am the one." If you want me to say it, to put it in words and, and make sure that it gets in writing, here it is says, I am the only one. And then, unless you get it, like if you really don't get it, he says, well, let me put it a different way. No one comes to the Father except through me. You know? And um, this, you know, this being in Jesus, like abiding, what does it mean? Like if you look up a definition, it says to live in or to stay in or to continue in something or in, in, you know, with someone. Then, that abiding in Jesus, like being branched into into this tree, I believe, I really believe that it will carry us through our whole lives. Like, like that's the one thing that will that will stay with us. And you know, recently I was thinking a lot about it, and and um, you know, we were thinking, you know, with Marina, we were thinking, we we're like, is there like really anything you would want if God is not there? Like, like is there anything? really that or would you even want something unless like you know that God is there you know and it's like and I really I, I'm not kidding guys I get sick to my stomach like I get sick to my stomach and I'm starting to pray to God I'm like God really 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 want 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 to have everything that you want us to have I want to be where you want us to be I, I don't want you know very often we start praying such a you know such a right prayer but we don't even realize the, the, the direction, you know. Sometimes we start praying and saying, God, I want you to be with me everywhere I go. You know, I want you to be with me in this. God, I want you in this and in that. And it's great, but actually it has to be the other way around. It has to be that we are where he is, you know. I, I just caught myself praying that way. I was like, God, I want you to be, you know, with me at work. I want you to be here with me and here and here. That's true, but but in reality, you can't change where God is. God is, God is where he is. I mean, for your life, not gonna you're not gonna change where he is and all we need to pray for is to understand where he is and you know what a lot of times i mean for me that this is like this is the anchor for for my soul you know i think this is the peace that i need because in in this world so like i look at honestly i look at people i see i you know, the more people i talk to you see them being nervous, you know, and, and I, I understand that we're all prone to that, like to being worried and concerned. And, you know, there are times in life when, you know, when we're on a, on a high note, you know, and everything's fine and, and you really like, you see a certain goal and you think like it's going to be fine, you know, like you're waiting for, you know, for some paycheck or something else. But, but there are times when, when you don't have any ground to stand on. There is nothing to, to rely on, you know. Like, like um, I'm going to say the prophet, because I can't remember the name, was, was saying that even if there will be no, no cattle, you know, there will be no, you know, no sheep, 
you know, and, and, and the, you know, there will be no graves, there will be no harvest. If we are up to nothing, I still, I still want to be, you know, I still want to, I still, my choices for God are still there. They're still in effect. I'm not, I'm not changing. I'm turning away. You know, and I was thinking, what can, like, what can bring us to those decisions? And, and, I, and I think it's this, it's just abiding in Him. And, and I, I'm going to kind of like explain, I, I really cannot give, give a formula or like a step-by-step guide and like, you know, do this and like, you know, you will abide in Jesus, you know, like in three weeks or something like that. It's like, like really can't, can't, you know, specify it, you know, like can't put your finger down to it or my finger down to it. But, but um, I can kind of show you things that I have found that helped me and and I know you, everyone has to figure it out for yourself. Did you guys ever wonder, like, how some of these, you know, how Moses refused the promised land if God wouldn't go? It's in Exodus thirty-three fifteen. You don't have to open. I'm going to, you know, run through a lot of these. He says, in NLT, he says, if you don't personally go with us, then don't even make us leave this place. <laughs> Can you imagine? It's like... This is what everything was for. You know, all these, you know, all these efforts, everything, so much suffering, so much we have gone through. But, then, but, but Moses says, if you don't personally go with us, if you, if you just send us, even with your blessing, right? Because God was sending them. He, would, he said, I'm going to give you the promised land. I'm, gonna, I'm blessing you. Go take it. Have it. It's like a blessing, right? God's blessing. But he says, don't even make us leave this place if you don't personally go with us. Job said, the Lord gave and has taken away. Wow, really? Like, you know, you have zero in your account. Everything you've owned is destroyed. You lost all of your kids. And you were praying to God all this time. You were like, you loved God. Right? And even if devil was making bets on you. (laughs) I mean, that's pretty good, right? That's pretty good living. And then he says, blessed be the name of the Lord. Job one twenty one, Daniel, he continued praying despite Darius's law. Right, he said, anybody who prays to any other god but me will be thrown into lion's den. An interesting fact that Darius, I think, wasn't even a king; he was like a governor of that region, and and he declared himself god. And Daniel just and says, as was his usual practice, or as, as was common. He went and prayed three times a day. It's like, you know, business as usual, right? Continuing to pray. I was, that was, that, he was willing to pay that price. I mean, can you do this unless you're connected to God? Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego chose, you know, chose a burning hot furnace, you know, you know, not a water heater, you know, not like a gas furnace for the house. It's like people that were throwing them in died from it. It's like deadly hot. Chose that not to worship Nebuchadnezzar. And he said, and he called them, you know, the king already is like kind of like pleading with you. Hey, well, if you three are ready, you know, at the sound of this and like all the, the list of instruments. Every time they say it, it's like list all the instruments. It's interesting. And he goes, if you are ready, then worship me. Fall down and worship me and everything's fine. We'll make it look like it never happened, you know. But they say, well, not so. You know, sorry, we can't do it. Not, no deal. 
Abraham did not accept kingship, right? In, in Genesis 14, we, we heard a sermon about it, and I was thinking about it. It's like he conquered nine kings. Can you believe it? Like, it's that whole region, the king of the whole region. What's the big deal? I'm going to, you know, get, get those nine kingdoms and keep waiting for the promise. I'm going to keep waiting for Isaac. You know, it's just, just going to, you know, like, it, like it, we could say in the New Testament, it says if you can, you know, use what is better, then use it. You know, go with it. What's wrong with it? There's nothing wrong with it. But he knew that there is some he was, I don't want it. I don't want, I don't want anything. I don't want, I don't want to have anything to do with this. He goes, he, know, he knew that God personally, directly promised to him that he will have and you know, his, his, uh, his heirs will be like, like the sand of the, of the earth, right? Like, you, like the stars, you can't count them. He promised. God promised. He knew it. Can, can you reject something like this? Um, can you reject something like this unless you know that God is real and he has promised it to you and it's real and it's going to stand? I don't, think, I don't think you can. And then he was ready to sacrifice Isaac. You know, he, he rejects this, he gets God's promise, and then God tells him to sacrifice it, to go back to zero, to go back. Yes, Genesis 22. Elijah went up alone against 850 prophets of, like, there was, like, 400 of Baal and 450 of, like, other idols, right? But still, alone. <laughs> Think about it. Alone. You know, I... I, I I've, truly believe that these people knew that their life is dissolved in God. There's, they really no longer live. And, and it's something more than just dying for God. It, it's really like it's living for him. And he went up against those prophets. He did not know what's going to, I mean, I mean, maybe he had a revelation, maybe not. I don't know. Like if he did, if God told him what will happen, can you believe it, how real God was to him, that he believed him? It's like, you know, I go and, you know, like he, I mean, you wouldn't even fight with people that are like, you know, twice your size, for instance, let alone 850 people and all Israel and the king of Israel is waiting when you're going to fail and then you're going to be, you know, brutally murdered, right? Everybody's going to have fun at it too. I was thinking about Noah building the ark. You know, we don't know like if he was building for a whole hundred years, but it says, you know, like God told him that at 500 years when he, 500th birthday, like an anniversary gift, you know, half a thousand years. And, and then at 600, he entered into the ark. Can you, can you believe it? I mean, we cannot withstand the thought of being mocked by somebody about telling them about Jesus, you know, or like, you know, saying that, hey, I'm, I'm not going to drink, you know, I'm not going to go with you there because I don't want to drink or I don't, you know, I don't like this type of conversation. There's too much cussing and, and I don't like the things we're talking about. We're, we're afraid. But he had 100 years of everybody like, it's going to be what? Rain is going to fall down on us? Like, like, you mean like, you know, something like water is like from heaven. It's like, it's like nobody is getting it, right? <laughs> Never happened before. It's like, I mean, I don't even know how to, how to explain it, but you know, think like somebody says, you know, there will be like, uh, you know, you know, like meatballs coming from, you know, from heaven or, you know, like rice or something like that, you know. And it's, you know, going to flood the earth with that, <laughs> right? 
never happened before. But in Noah's especially, you know, it's very, uh, it's, it's, you see those rainbows, right? And I, you know, I always, I kind of like to make that comment that rainbow makes me, make, makes me uh, remember God's promise to never destroy the earth by the flood again, but not in other ways, you know. That was Genesis 5, 6. Joseph did not sleep with Potiphar's wife. He said, how can I sin in the sight of God? How can I sin against God like this? He didn't even say, hey, I don't want to lose this position. I was just sold into slavery, doing pretty bad. You know, I got lucky. (laughs) So I don't want to. And then she goes, you know, she goes, you know, I'm pretty sure she explained, you know, he had an idea that she's going to, you know, it's going to be worse for him if he doesn't sleep with her than if he does, right? And so it's like, oh, big deal, you know. God, you know, I've went through so much. I'm going to go through this suffering as well and, and, you know, just keep what I have, you know, just like whatever, even if I go against my principles. But at least, you know, then Joseph would not be one of the forefathers. He would not be, he would not be such a great example for us. He said, no, he went into, he went into jail. You know, and there was like, I was thinking if I would know for sure, if I would have some sign or some deposit from God, knowing, hey, God told me not to do this. God told me to be in holiness. That's why I'm suffering. That's why I'm in jail right now for, for, you know, for nothing. And then I help this guy. I, I tell him the dream, and he's like, you know, with King every single day. But he, you know, and he doesn't tell me. If I wouldn't, like, know God for sure, if I wouldn't know him deeply in my heart, I would probably fail. I would probably I would probably go crazy. I would be like, God, what, what's, what's wrong with all of these people? You know, like, I do them well, and they, they, do, they do it bad to me. They, they respond, you know, they repay evil for good. And, and, and we don't even, like, there's so many more in the Old Testament. There's, there's even more in the New Testament. Yeah, biggest one is, like, all of Jesus' disciples. How they went and died, and, you know, you can, you can say that, you know, you can be a fanatic. You can you can you you can go crazy and and you know do things. But you don't have people just die for what they believe. You know, sometimes very slow death. Sometimes just spending their whole life. You know, leaving their families, leaving everything they knew and had. You just don't. You know, you just don't do it. And um, and one of the examples that I want to look a little bit deeper into is David and, and Solomon. And it's interesting that, you know, David's son, Solomon, right? It's interesting that I was listening to, to a sermon today, and, and the preacher was saying, he goes, you know, people say that Solomon prayed such a great prayer uh, when he asked God for wisdom, but is it, like, is it really so, right? And, and um, it was interesting. I read through that prayer. It was interesting when you compare it to David's prayer, and you know, if you, kind of starting from the end, First uh, Kings 11, when Solomon's end, he, he was drowning in lust, right? He has, had like, what, 700 wives and 300 concubines. Like, you know, no, in no sane mind would, you, would anybody do this, right? It's just, I mean, just like the numbers don't work out. It, it's, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you guys all understand it. You know, fully, completely in a, in idolatry, right? He started he started bringing sacrifices to other to idols. Right after 
he dies, the kingdom is separated. He loses ten tribes. His son's reign is, is weak and, and not wise at all. I mean, he, what he does, the first decision he does is very foolish, and, and, you know, that's what causes the ten tribes to leave him. You look at David's, how he finished. I mean, not perfect. You know, he, he told Solomon to, you know, take care of his enemies and everything, and, you know, like he said, don't let this guy to, you know, go into grave peacefully. Just make sure, you know, and, and do this and that. And, but, but anyway, you know, there are still good things about it. He got, he, first of all, he gives, a, he gives a godly command to Solomon. He tells him to, to honor God. He tells him to, to f- seek him. He reminds of God's promise for a throne that, that, that his descendants would have a throne. That's the things that he's talking about before his death. Then his son assumes the kingdom that's, that's established strongly, it's firmly established, and it was off to a great start. But then when you think about it, when Solomon prayed a prayer, when God, can you, God, like God came out, come up to him and he, uh, or showed up and, and goes, Solomon, what do you want? And he goes, give to, uh, in 1 Kings 3.9, it says, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to judge this great people of yours? And now David's prayer, Psalms 27, 4, says, One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. I don't, I don't know. It's like, very different prayer. You you could say David's prayer is boring. It's like I want to be in your house all days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in His temple or to seek Him. Right? Like Solomon asked a heart to judge the people, just to rule this nation. That's what Solomon asked. And David, I don't think David ever asked for that. But he, he goes, I want to be in your house. And I wonder, is this a prayer we could pray? I, I, like, I mean, I know we can all say it right away, yes, yeah, that's the prayer I want to pray. This is the prayer. That's what I want to do. But I was thinking, you know, the, do you have those moments when you do not want anything? Like anybody, do you guys have those moments? Right? I had those moments where you're like, I don't want anything. I don't want, like, you know, even, like, Ritter Sport, candy, milk, chocolate, hazelnut right now, you know. I don't want anything. Like, I'm, I'm like, disgusted with this, with, with myself, with my life, with, with, with thoughts of not being sure of what's going to happen. Or, you know, like there's some situation where you're, there's no certainty, right? And then m- my question is, at that moment, do we still want God? You know, I, it's, it's, it's not just a beautiful thing, but, but think about it. You know, it's like... There are people like, you know, you, you talk about, you know, the payday, right? People are happy because, you know, there's some money coming, right? Uh, you know, maybe there's a bonus, and that's even better. Or there's a day when I get tax return, you know. Some people know that date by heart, and they check, check their accounts. And, like, once it's there, it's like my whole life is different. Like, I'm, I'm you know, I, I can smile now. I can breathe, and it's all amazing. But, but when you don't want anything, like... When you are going through through you know, through the valley of the shadow of death, right? It's like, do you want God? 
Like, do you still want him? Is there anything that can, you know, like, bring you to a state where you don't want God either? You know, where you don't want anything because you're so upset. You know, and I was thinking about if, if, like, you know, if we get so happy about some money coming to us or some event happening, like, I'm, I'm, Dennis and I'd be there, right? You guys are thinking about that Saturday, right? You're going to be husband and wife. It's exciting, right? It's it's great. It's 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 something you're looking toward, right? And then I was thinking, if you take, if you think about it, you know, even if on this earth things are not going well, even if on this earth we're not getting what we want, do we still think about you know that moment, like that day when 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 I meet Jesus and and everything is resolved and everything is good and and nothing there's no pain there's no disappointment there's no feeling like that you know there's nothing that that joy doesn't go away there's no shadow there's no death there's no crying there's jesus and and me you know and and i i don't know like you know i I'll, i'll be honest with you i i like when you really come to, to talk to God, to, to spend time in His presence alone or in church. If you prepare yourself, like if, if I prepare myself, if I really get ready for that moment, there's no better feeling on earth. Like really, there's no better feeling. There's, you know, no friends, no family, no money. Nothing can give that. Like nothing can give it. And, and you know, I believe that we can live by that. Not by those feelings, but by being in God, you know, every time you plug into Him, every time you, you know, every time you are that branch that abides in Him, He gives you the, the life. You get that, you know, that, that, you know, like a tree that gives juice, you know, it, it gets it from, from, from the roots, you know, it flows into the branches and they start bearing fruit. That's, you know, that's, you know, what is that fruit? That fruit is peace. Um, sometimes it's, you know, for, you know, like, um, you know, breaking away from your sins. It's, it, there's so many things to it, but it's like, Nothing can happen. Nothing good we can do. That there's nothing we can do apart from Him. Jesus said it. Nothing we can do apart from Him. And you know that's that. That's what I was thinking about. What is my prayer, right? If we can stand up, I want to, you know, just like kind of think about it. Like, what if we can think, you know, pray for this one thing, like one thing. If you guys can close your eyes, let's just. You know, what is that one thing that I want to ask of God? What do I need in my life? Is it, is it you know, is it, you know, uh, you know, resolution of my financial questions? Or is it my healing? Or is it, uh, you know, is it, my, is it about my, my parents? Is it about my kids? Is it about my wife, my husband? Is it about my colleagues at work? Is it about how... You know, you know how how well I'm taking, being taken at work, or you know, you know, for people to see, you know, for people to to you know, like, you know, noble goals, you know, for people to come to Christ, for this one to come to Christ, for that one to come to Christ. What is that absolutely number one thing that we want? Do we want Him more than anything else? That's that's what I'm thinking about. Do do I want Him? Like even when I'm in pain, even when, when there is uncertainty, or when I'm happy, when I'm when I'm joyful, when when everything is going the way I want, do I still want him? Because the Bible says that every knee there will be a day when every knee will bow down 
before him. Everyone will acknowledge his authority. Am I going to be on my knees in joy and happiness and, and just and just thankful that thankful that 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 he's king that that his authority is revealed to everybody now or am i going to be sad because i wasn't thinking wasn't you know wasn't wasn't desiring that